0: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Sunday night. Um, we're, we're talking, we finished talking about 1 Corinthians 12, all of the manifestations, the benefits of grace. Um, the three uh, um, revelation benefits, the benefits of power and the benefits of utterance. And we finished up talking about the benefits of utterance last week. And um, what I want to do now is, is just talk about authentic power. Real real power. Um, it is not to deny the power of the Holy Spirit in any way but when you look at the church at Corinth, they had all been filled with the Holy Spirit and they um, um, and they had everything available to them but rather than seeking the authentic power, they began to usurp that power to themselves and appropriated in inauthentic in ways I guess is the way I want to say that in that um, yeah the power was there to prophesy the, the grace was there to um, speak in tongues the grace was there for all the benefits to flow in the body prophecy and, and um, everything to flow but because the people had usurped the power and appropriated it themselves they got over into the flesh and the product of that was confusion and disorder and then you go from the authentic power of God to having um manipulated it to an inauthentic use i guess is what i'm saying um and um what you want is authenticity when you minister you you want to be sure that you're operating in the true power of God. And that's a mindset. It's, it's a mindset as much as it is anything. I love this quote. This came from a book called Shifting Shadows of the Supernatural. Um, didn't exactly love the book. I was a little uncomfortable with some of it. But Julia Lauren nailed this. And she said, Our challenge and responsibility is not to move in power but to move in the presence of God. And that's huge. That's just huge. Um, To walk in intimate relationship with the one who releases his anointing through us. We become like the one we behold and worship. We're going to look at that scripture in a few minutes. By seeking to draw closer to the God of power, we become increasingly more like him. And the more we seek the God of authentic power, the purer his anointing will flow through us. So when you, and I know we've all experienced that when you get into circumstances where, um, yes, the power of the Holy Spirit is there, but people begin to try to work it up in themselves and uh, misuse it and... Um, you, you know, there are just certain things and you, you just feel it in your spirit. You know something's not right. But, the, but um, it's the very thing that causes the rest of the church to say, we're not having anything to do with that foolishness. Mm-hmm. And we have to be sure that we are in, in the authentic flow of God's power. That we don't pervert it that we um that we simply seek God the one who has the power, and that we move in him and not in the power um I, I think that's one of the best quotes I've ever seen that kind of hit what what we see, and mostly people end up making the mistake because of ignorance anyway um, you know they're not really ever taught um. You know about it. And so you see a lot of craziness when you get around people who, you know, who believe in the full gospel message. And um, um, you go from one extreme to the other so that um, the leadership in some churches will say, you know, well, you can't operate in the power of the Holy Spirit unless you are a member of this church and unless you have, you know, jumped through hoops to. You know to and, and we and you and we have approved you you know that it, it's so tight on the one end and, f- and this is in full gospel circles I'm not talking about in the Methodist Church here I'm talking about in full gospel circles they they control it so tight that people outside of their church and outside of their um, their system I guess you want, would say or their doxology or whatever you want to call it they um, uh, then they don't look on any other manifestations of the Holy Spirit as being authentic power.
1: Aren't they setting themselves up as God by doing that?
0: Yes, they are. You know, they put everybody back under the law again. And um it that is completely wrong on the one hand. And then on the other hand, you know, there are those who just uh run wild with it, like the church at Corinth, where there's no order and they're not being led by the Holy Spirit. They're being led by their flesh. Um,
1: well, that's showmanship.
0: There, it You're is. On
1: a big show,
0: it is, and and it is very uh, obnoxious. It's obnoxious to me, and I'm a spirit filled person like you guys, and and that's obnoxious to me. But you can pretty much see it when you run into it. And um, I mean, we've seen people come into our church and do that, act crazy. And um, um, dance in the aisles, and they don't last very long here. Um, but corporate worship involves some
1: respect for each other.
0: Exactly, exactly, and God is not the author of confusion. And when things start to get confusing. And um, you know, I've also been in situations where one person will get up and prophesy something, somebody else will prophesy, and it'll be completely, you know, almost an opposite message. You know, so you you know, those are the things that drive us as just (laughs) believers who love the Lord away from such foolishness. You know, and um, and it's one thing that's caused the church to become so sterile. Um, is the misuse of god 's power, but if we keep that heart in us where we're where we 're seeking the God of power as opposed to trying to move in the power itself, then the God of power working through us will do his thing as opposed to us trying to do something for God by trying to use his power. He can use our vessel and express himself through us, which is what we really want. Um, Let's go to Philippians 2. This one we've been through a lot too, this scripture, but in terms of authentic power, um (coughs) I just want to look at Jesus and the truth is Jesus did not operate here um, as fully God. He operated here, he, he worked here as fully man, a, a, an earthen vessel full of the power of God and God worked through him exactly the way that we should do. And that's why he said the things I do you'll do also. Because he did it exactly the way human being flesh on earth can walk. He, he wanted to show us what was possible when you allow God to work through you. Um, and that's our goal. But you need to look at God at Jesus as well as being that surrendered vessel. He, he didn't operate that power and, and command other than what God told him to do. You know, he did only what God said to do and said only what God said to say and then God did the works through him. You know. It was it wasn't Jesus as God at that point doing the miracles. It was the power of grace working through him. So we don't we're really without excuse. We just are. Which gets my goat. Cuz um you know, we just kind of miss the boat. You get comfortable and you get sidetracked and you get, you know, um, everything going in your life and you get comfortable and um, we need to get shaken up a little bit here. All right, look at Philippians 2, start with verse 4, because this is the mindset that we need to have. So when you know when he's talking here, if you think about this in terms of people who are so caught up in their own um, baptism of the Holy Spirit that they're more interested in, the, in expressing themselves than in the in the interest of other people, they're not operating out of love and out of obedience to God, but rather out of look at what I can do, you know. Um, verse four. Let each of you esteem and look upon and be concerned for not merely his own interest but also each for the interest of others. Let the same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility who although being essentially one with God and in the form of God possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained. But he stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity. So as to assume the guise of a servant, um, of a slave, in that he became like men and was born a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, because he stooped so low, God has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Okay, Jesus did not exalt himself. He abased himself. And allowed God to use his vessel in the way that it needed to be used. And because of that, God exalted him. You know, And God restored the power to him. And, and um, um, then go to John 14 and let's just kind of look at this real quick. Just so that we, we have our little groundwork in place here. Um, look at verse 10, John fourteen ten. He's talking to Philip here. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? What I am telling you, I do not say on my own authority and of my own accord. But the Father who lives continually in me does his works, his own miracles and deeds of power believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. In other words, if you can't trust me, at least let these works that um, are done in my Father's name convince you. So he's saying, I, I'm just a man here. But if you, if you cannot believe that God's in me and that I'm in him, then look at the works that God does through me. Because what I say is not my own words, they're God's words. What I do are not my works, they're God's works through me. And um, we should be saying the same thing. You know, when, when we're working in, um, for the Lord, then, then authentic power should say, um, God's in me and I'm in him. But the works that are being done here are God through me, not me. You know, the words that I say are God speaking through me, not me speaking the words. Um, and um, and then, of course, verse 12 says, I assure you, and most solemnly I tell you, If anyone steadfastly believes in me, okay, and that word steadfastly is important, if anybody steadfastly believes in me, presses into Jesus, seeks after the Father, he will himself be able to do the things that I do. And he will do even greater things in these because I go to the Father. He, He didn't say seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit he said, you know, believe in me, seek me, press into me, um, you know, and I'll lead you where you need to go. I'll get you there. And, um, and it's true. You start looking for something, and God will see that it gets in your pathway. How many times has that happened to us? You know, you get a burning in your heart. you got a question. You have a something. God's going to either drop the scripture in your lap or he's going to drop something in your lap, a book, a person, a, something to, to give you what you need. And, but that doesn't come by ginning up your own intelligence, your own wisdom. The, the true revelation comes when God just dumps something in your lap. And it's always so cool, you know. I, I get tickled. on Bill. Will say, listen to this, and he'll read the scripture. And I'll listen to this, Bill. And we're just kind of bouncing off of each other. But it's fun, you know, in the mornings when the Lord starts to just show you things and talk and share with you. And um, that's when the, that's when it, that's when the power is authentic.
1: Well, Sandy, I'm just sitting here grinning the whole time because the Holy Spirit wants certain concepts taught. Mm-hmm. You and I are teaching two different topics. Mm-hmm. But guess what? This morning I taught the same verses, the same concepts that you have just been Isn't
0: that teaching. funny? It's the same and
1: Holy Philippi- Spirit. Philippians, John, all this. And the same words coming out of your mouth came out of my mouth this morning. There you go. Now you tell me. It's the same and we Holy didn't plan Spirit. not any of mm-hmm. that. And they're two different topics.
0: Yeah. And yet here but we different
1: are. different phases or mm-hmm.
0: aspects of each topic. Of the same and topic. And all
1: goes together. Yeah. But that's why that's I'm it. sitting here grinning. I can hardly contain myself. <laughs> because your words are coming there you out. Go. I, I said that exact same thing this, this morning. This morning. There you go. So it had to be coordinated yeah. by the it's Holy that Spirit. The synchronicity of the Holy Spirit when He wants yeah. something done. If you allow Him to work through you and you're yep. His mouth, His yep. hands, and His feet. Right. That's what happens. Yeah. So right right there's a testimony
0: mm-hmm.
1: of how that really works.
0: Yeah. And and don't you know Peter's in one place and Paul's in another but you read their letters and they and everything
1: same. overlaps.
0: Yeah. Same Holy Spirit. I mean, we're talking
1: no. sa- exact same scriptures, yeah. same books, the same, same. Book, book, mm-hmm. chapters, the same verses. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? (laughs) So if you wonder why I'm like sitting here like (laughs) Brandon, it's not a Kenneth
0: Hagen moment. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Not you know yeah.
1: Some years ago, uh, I was asked to to speak at a full gospel businessmen's meet, Mm -hmm. and uh, (coughs) I. uh, I, I went, you know, and, uh, and uh, I was sitting, and I, I sat down in the front, next to the front row, and uh, all of a sudden, then uh, the minister said, He said, let us pray. And everybody prayed in tongues, the whole church, you know. I love it. And, and, and I about fell over the pew in front, in front of people you know, and didn't know what to expect of uh, the thing. But, um, then it settled down and uh we got it and got something done, you know but uh but it was uh it was kind of odd they uh, just pushed everything ahead of the of the yeah. spirit you know and,
0: yeah yeah you know, yeah you never and you never know, and it does sometimes it just it's it's like um rubbing your hair backwards and you know it doesn't it doesn't feel right, you know it, just doesn't sit right but um yeah i uh, I agree with that, and we have to be really careful with it, but at the same time, I think we have to be uh bolder than we are um i I am coming more and more to the conclusion that um once you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you really become in a way confrontational. Not, not so much with people but with um, the powers of darkness. You, you will become a confrontational figure. Um, one of the coolest little quotes that I saw here recently is, um, let me see if I can find it. I just jotted it down somewhere. Hold on. Oh, if we aren't dangerous we're wasting time. <laughs> Do you love that? I thought, yeah, there you go. If we're not dangerous, we're wasting time. And I think we ought to be dangerous. The, the other thing that comes with this authentic power is, um, so on the one hand, you have people who are going out um, and just saying, look what I can do. But you also have people who, in humility, are holding back. You know, they go, oh, you know, that's just for some people. It's not for me. And that's, you know, I, I'm i not ever going to be that perfect. And the other excuse is this. Well, Jesus was God. Of course he could do those miracles. You cannot possibly expect us to do those miracles. I mean, you know, he was acting as God and he was perfect. And even if he was acting as a man, he's sinless. He never committed a sin, you know. Which also breaks down the idea of authentic power. Um, You're still, when you get to that point, uh, you are still trying to control any power that you have in terms of your own ideas of um, uh, what you should and should not be able to do oh I could never raise anybody from the dead that you know Jesus was God of course he could raise people from the dead do you know what I'm saying and that too is an inauthentic display of power I can lay my hands on you and pray for you to be healed but I, I couldn't believe for you know it, some healings just just a few I could pray for and believe that too is an inauthentic power you know it, it we make things so much more complicated than they are we need to just show up and let God do what he does. Let God be God. But we get all caught up. We get back under that tree of the knowledge of good and evil again. But, but you know, this is, what, this is the answer to that argument. Jesus was a perfect man and he never did sin. But after he rose from the dead and we received him as Lord and Savior, we became perfect men perfect in the spirit. That's it. We became perfect men. Do we make mistakes? Absolutely. But we became perfect men. Go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5. So when people you know try to give you this argument or even when you do yourself, sometimes I it's easier to give yourself an excuse not to do something than it is to say, "Okay, Lord, if you say let's do it, let's go, um, I still find myself holding back, you know, um, thinking, okay, Lord, I'll go with you, but don't ask me to do that one, and don't ask me to do that, and don't ask me to do this one, but I'll do this, this, and this with you, you know, and it's, that's inauthentic power. Because you're sitting on and quashing all that the Holy Spirit could do. It's, so you have inauthentic power on either end of the spectrum. Um, anytime you get yourself in the way, whether you're showing off or whether you're holding back it's more your power than it is the Holy Spirit's. And it's inauthentic power. Um, Alright, look at 2 Corinthians start, uh, chapter 5, start with verse 14. Okay. And Christ of course is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the agent of grace, okay? For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us because we are of the opinion and the conviction that one died for all, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all. So that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves. That's when you're holding back. When you're living to and for yourself in any way, uh, you know you're living in that safety zone. um, That you know that's a way of saying that you're living to yourself in that comfort zone for yourself. Um, You know, if you've died to yourself, then you ought to be wide open. I ought to be wide open. I shouldn't be saying you. I ought to be wide open. This is my. This is where my. uh, This is where I'm hanging right now. This is where I am, you know, because I, uh, I I had that passion and that desire to be really bold, but then you know you you see certain situations and you go, Lord, don't ask me to do that one, you know, and. um, so I, this is where I'm living these days. This is my, this is my haunt. Um, consequently, verse 16. Let's see, verse 15. And he died for all, so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sakes. Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view. See, I, you want to estimate myself from a purely human point of view. That's a very comfortable place to live. I, this, I'm telling you, this is where I'm, I am. In terms of natural standards of value. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself. And as many times as I've read that, all of a sudden it's kidding me. Here he is the perfect vessel again. Through Jesus Christ, God reconciled me. Jesus was the vessel, but the work was God's through him. And I just saw that the other day and I went, well, wow, there it is. Um, He received us into favor and brought us into harmony with himself and gave to us. And this is the other part of it, see? Through Jesus, we were reconciled. God did the work through Jesus to reconcile us to himself. And now we are the earthen vessel. And look at that. And he gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. That by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. So in word and deed we need to be sure that God is operating through us so that it's not our word, it's his word. It's not our deed, it's his deed. And when we have that authentic power Reconciliation happens. It happens. If it was God personally present, it was God personally present in Christ reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. God did that through Jesus as his earthen vessel and not counting up and holding against men their trespasses but canceling them and committing to us The message of reconciliation, of the restoration to favor. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Notice he keeps using Christ, not Jesus, Christ, which is the anointing power of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit that was on Jesus is on us and in us. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God making his appeal, as it were, Through us. We as Christ's personal representatives beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor. That word is grace. The divine grace now offered you and be reconciled to God. For our sake he made Christ, the anointed one in his anointing, virtually to be sin who knew no sin so that in and through him we might become endued with, viewed as being in, and examples of the righteousness of God, what we ought to be, approved and acceptable and in right relationship with him by his goodness. So Jesus as a man was made perfect from the beginning. He didn't sin. But through him and through the agency of the power of the Holy Spirit, the grace of God, we were made perfect. So we are a vessel that God can use to do what Jesus was doing. That's why He said, "The things that I do, you'll do also." After I mean, as many times as I've read that scripture, the through and the two and the four—all of a sudden, those prepositions just began to pound away in my head, and I'm going, "Wow, that's authentic power. That's authentic power." Um, and we don't view ourselves as being that righteousness, we struggle with that. And and it keeps us from being bold. It keeps us from being bold. And we don't trust that the Holy Spirit is doing the work through us by the power of God. Um, We still think that we've put ourselves out on the line but we haven't put ourselves out on the line. But if you don't go out on the edge. The Holy Spirit won't be out on the edge. We have the we have him in our vessel and we have to take him to the edge so that he can do those things. Mm -hmm. You know, we we have to do that. So once we receive God's righteousness for ourselves, now we're ready to receive Jesus' anointing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and fire and that flow of authentic power then then the flow is there. So then what do you do with it? That's the deal. Alright, back up to chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> Start with verse 3. Okay, and we're going to skip down a little bit in a second. We're going to read 3 through 6 and then go down to verse 17 and then keep reading right on into chapter 4. So 3, start with verse 3. Well, you can start with 2. You yourselves are our letter of recommendation, our credentials written in your hearts, to be known, perceived, and recognized, and read by others. You show and make obvious that you are a letter from Christ. Delivered by us, not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. Such is the reliance and the confidence that we have through Christ toward and with reference to God. Now that we are fit, qualified and sufficient in ability of ourselves to form personal judgments or to claim or count anything as coming from us. But our power and ability and sufficiency are from God. Your power, your ability and your sufficiency are from God. They're not from us. Um, He who has qualified us making us to be fit and worthy and sufficient as ministers and dispensers of a new covenant of salvation through Christ. Not ministers of the letter, of legally written code, but of the Spirit. For the code of the law kills, but the Holy Spirit makes alive. Now skip down to verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage and freedom. So, you know, that's one of the things Jesus said in in Isaiah 61. Well, Let's go to Isaiah 61. Stick your finger there and we're just going to stop and go to Isaiah 61. Because he's talking about the Spirit of the Lord. And if the truth is, as he is, so are we in this world, then we have to look at this. Okay. The Spirit of the Lord, and we just finished reading... Now, the, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage and freedom. Okay? So if you and I have been endued with the Spirit of the Lord, wherever we go, we are taking that anointing uh, of freedom. Okay? So this is what Jesus said about it The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all that mourn, to appoint to them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified Um, that anointing is our anointing so that we should be breaking the yokes of bondage setting the captives free um, and in whatever way the Holy Spirit has to move to do that we need to be doing it because we have the Spirit of the Lord who is the Spirit of Liberty. You know, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And liberty from the curse actually is what it is. People liberated from the curse. And we should be the liberators because we're bringing that power to whatever circumstance we come up against. I think about you guys as Stephen ministers. You know, when you go out, you're talking to people who are oppressed, who have a, a bondage in their lives, and you have, um, you know, you, you have the anointing and the power and the ability to break those bondages. You know, but, but we need the words of knowledge, word of wisdom, we need prophecy, we need all those things operating in us to know how, how that needs to be done. As a vessel, what do we need to do? And um, the words that we speak are not our own and the power that flows through us is not our own. But um, I just think about those opportunities. You know, as I, was, as I was reading through all this, I'm going you know, yeah, but everywhere we go. You go to work, you go anywhere. You go to the grocery store. I ended up praying for somebody at Walmart the other day. You know, yeah, because you you know, you just, it, wherever you go that's, that's what you are. And um, I, I was reading um, Bill Johnson. His work is if you get a chance to read any of his books, Bill Johnson is. He's incredible. Um, and um, um, He's talking about how he's gotten to the point where even when he goes in a store, before he goes in the store, he'll say, Lord, let me be that vessel. Wherever I go, I want the atmosphere to change. Wherever I am, you know, you flow through me. You change the atmosphere. Use me wherever you can. Even when he just goes in a store, in the grocery store or whatever. So I thought, I can do that, you know. So I started praying that way. Like if I go to the gym or if I go, you know, wherever I'm going, i started doing that because I want to see this. Bill Johnson is actually, he speaks to this, mm, this authentic power. That's what he speaks to. And... um it's, he has a full gospel church, of course, but they but they train young people to just go out like you know like the 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 ones that Jesus sent out, and they have they have seen God perform miracles like you wouldn't believe. Just young people who were being trained, but you know I never thought about needing to be trained, but there is a training that takes place, and uh, Bill Johnson says it's like this: it's like uh, the School of Hard Knocks. You have to do it. To, to get the training. If you never pray the first time, you never learn anything. And every time you pray for somebody, whether it works or it doesn't, you learn something new. And you take another step forward. And so you're not going to walk on water day one, but you might. At the same point, you might. But um, just you have to be ready for everything and then learn as you go. Um, you know, nobody just stepped on the scenes and um Had it down perfect except Jesus. But you know, even Jesus couldn't get get people healed in his hometown. You know, it wasn't like he ain't batted a thousand. He didn't either. You know, he stepped over how many people at the Pool of Siloam just to get the one man? It wasn't like that, you know, that anointing, when God directs it, it's going certain places and, you know, you have to listen. He didn't get everybody at the Pool of Siloam healed, but he got that one guy up. And, um, so um, you know we can't look at our uh, record you know how I many notches you've got in your Holy Spirit gun you have to you know you have to um, just keep your eyes on the Lord and just let him do things but you need to be available you just need to be ready and you just need to be wide open and let God do what he does and that's the scary part that is the scary part alright now go back and let's finish 2 Corinthians Story. we're going to read down into 4 Okay, um, start with verse um, 3, chapter 3, verse 17. And then we're going to read down into 4. Okay, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God As in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, we are constantly being transfigured into his very own image. In ever-increasing splendor, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So we have to really press in. You know that. We have to stay in the Word. We have to continually look in the face of God. We have to um, stay on top of our own flesh and let God be God. Um, authentic power. Alright, let's keep going. Verse 1 in chapter 4. Therefore, since we do hold and engage in this ministry by the mercy of God, granting us favor and benefits, opportunities, and especially salvation, we do not get discouraged, spiritless and despondent with fear, or become faint with weariness and exhaustion. So, Getting discouraged is real easy. You know, if you're if you're administering, expecting things to happen, or afraid they aren't going to happen, discouragement can come very easily. But he says, when you're looking at the, you know, at the full word of God and you're trusting God completely, you don't get discouraged. You just look for the next opportunity, and the next opportunity, and the next opportunity. It's a whole different mindset than what we've been living. We have renounced disgraceful ways, secret thoughts and feelings and desires and underhandedness and methods and arts that men hide through shame. And I'm going, oh yeah, you know, you do hide through shame. Lord, don't let me have to be the one to pray for that person. Just let somebody else do it. We refuse to deal craftily to practice trickery and cunning or to adulterate or handle dishonestly the word of God. But we state the truth openly, clearly, and candidly. And so we commend ourselves in the sight and the presence of God to every man's conscience. But, even if our gospel, the glad tidings, also be hidden and obscured and covered up with a veil that hinders the knowledge of God, it is hidden only to those who are perishing and obscured only to those who are spiritually dying and veiled only to those who are lost For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers mind that they should not discern the truth preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image and likeness of God. For what we preach is not ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves merely as your servants for Jesus' sake. You can say vessels there. For God who said let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and glory of God. And there's that picture. God who, who shine light into darkness shine that light into us so that what? We can beam it forth. We're not the light but we're just the vessel through which that light can beam into the world as it is manifest in the person and revealed in the face of Jesus Christ however and here it is we possess this precious treasure the divine light of the gospel in a frail human vessel of earth that the grandeur and the exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves isn't that awesome um to me it it lifts a burden you know um, when you think we we are those frail human vessels, and um, therefore anything good that happens can't be from us. it has to be gone through us, you know and and when we get that, get over okay. ourselves. That we're somehow personally responsible for the healing or the not healing of somebody or that we're personally responsible for the miraculous or the not miraculous. So we just have to get over ourselves. And I have a hard time getting over myself because I sort of like myself. You know? You know
1: what? I think it's really hard, too, to accept our frailty.
0: Yeah. Good point. We're
1: going to have to accept our frailty and that is really difficult when we've been taught from the time we were little that good you know, point. We, build ourselves up, we need to strengthen ourselves. Yep. We need to take care of ourselves. So we're not trained to accept our frailty Mm-mm. at
0: all. You're right. We're not that's a really good point.
1: Just, it just really hit me. I thought, I don't know, do I accept my frailty? I
0: mean yeah. yeah, and I certainly don't brag about it. Paul figured it out. He bragged about his frailty. His you know, but um, um yeah, no. I, I that's such a good point. You know, well you're exactly right. We have to pull ourselves up our own bootstraps and yeah. you know, and um that really does it it's a hindrance um when it comes to trying to get over that barrier so that we're not personally responsible for everything. Um you know, and and we want to do it ourselves. Um we just and and again, it's always that it's that choice that we make you know where where is our focus um, our part is just to covet earnestly you know Paul in in Corinthians in second uh, Corinthians three different places he said covet earnestly these benefits and especially to prophesy um, and that word covet earnestly of course covet is to desire something that doesn't belong to you, which that's a really good word to use there Mm -hmm. because we need to remember that that power does not belong to us. But we need to desire that that power is present in us and available for us. And then the word earnestly means to burn with that desire, to be moved with envy and jealousy over it, to so be hungry, hunger after that um, ability to flow through us, the the grace of God to flow through us, that that becomes a huge focus for us. We're not seeking the power; we're seeking the Giver of the power, because they're one and the same. You know, um, Simon. Um, I can't think of his last. His Simon's was it Simon Zelotes? I can't remember. One of the Simons was following uh, Peter after. Uh, after he was seeing people baptized in the Holy Spirit. But he had been um, uh, you know, like a magician. And he said, give me that power so that I can make people speak in tongues is what he wanted. But he was seeking the power. And God said, actually through, through Peter, Peter said, you know what, I perceive that you have a root of bitterness and gall. And if you get rid of that, then the power is there, but you you won't need it for yourself. It'll, you know, come through you. Um at, for a long time I thought he just rebuked him. and said this and he did. He said, This is not yours, this is none of yours. But then he turned around to the man and ministered to him. He said, I see that you have a spirit of bitterness and gall. And um they need to deal with that. He needed to deal with that. Um he didn't deny him the power in any way, he just said, You're gonna have to deal with this first. And um so You don't seek the power, you seek the power giver. But in that, you also seek everything that He has. You know, if you have a passion and a love for God, then you want everything He has. And then you, you know, you begin. When you get that hungry and you desire and covet the presence of God so strongly in your life, you find it's uh, the strongholds in your own life go, they melt you know but you you have to get to that place um where you absolutely burn with desire for those things that you just you, you know it's you have such a hunger and a thirst for them that nothing else quenches nothing else and i know we've all been there at some point in our lives we've all had those moments when we are just so hungry and so thirsty for whatever god's got um but we need to continually stir that up um we really do um rather than praying, Lord, you know, I just, I want to see people heal through me. I want to see that, which is, you know, where you kind of get, I guess, when you get comfortable. Um, you just have to have that burning um, desire, that first love again, you know, of all of him, every bit of him. It doesn't matter what he wants. It doesn't matter. You know, you, you're willing to just throw everything over um, just for a taste of his presence, you know. Um and then, when you get there, when you get to that point, then there 's not any fear. Um, you know the, abru- the abuses by people should never justify our neglect of them of, of of what God has given us, and when you get to that place where you are so hungry for things, you don 't have fear, you don 't have any concern at all, except that you know fulfilling that hunger inside you you know for that, so we need to fan that flame. Um, ourselves, we need to, to do that um, and um, get beyond where we are. We can't be satisfied with praying for what's possible. You know, we can pray for somebody and be comfortable that the doctors can give them medicine and that they'll be healed and, or, you know, pray that, that the job comes and or, you know, whatever you're praying for. But those are possible. Uh, those things are possible with men. It's a
1: pretty weak, low-level prayer.
0: It's a pretty weak, low-level place to live. Um, you're right. And we need to um, find ourselves moving into the miraculous. And the impossible, because that's really where God likes to work.
1: Supernatural.
0: Yes, and the supernatural. That's where He is. That's when. Um, that's when I jotted down this quote because I thought it was so good. If you're not dangerous, you're wasting your time. <laughs> and I think I just love that. I wish I had that. In. A bumper sticker on my Bible, yeah.
1: Little you're not life.
0: dangerous, sister. You're wasting your time. Yeah, you know. It's just, uh, I just thought, well that just pretty much puts a punctuation mark on it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I love it. So this is it. You check your own vessel. And if you're not overflowing with power, then you're not full. Um, fullness is measured in overflow. How full are you? And it's the overflow um, that reaches other people. When you're full, you're just reaching yourself. But it's the other, it's the overflow that reaches other people. Um, it, look at, um, go to Ezekiel forty-seven. Nose is itching. Okay hmm This is, you know, this is a picture of the temple. But um, the thing that's so awesome about this is, um, I mean, I, I've looked at it as the church, and that's exactly what it is. But um, you know, like when we were studying the bushings. It was harnessing the power of the river, backing it up, and causing it to form that electricity, and through the dynamo, and then becoming the bushing that um, causes it to flow out. Um, I I think one of the neatest things is the idea of praying in the spirit, and not you know one person praying in the spirit takes you so far but when you have a corporate body that's and and like Ron says not out of order but you know in, in respectful order um, praying in the spirit people pray, praying quietly in the spirit everybody in their own tongue not just loud and, and cacophonous is that a good word or what
1: yeah.
0: um, but when it's in order and when it's done right there is such a Wealth of power, and um that's one of the best ways I know to stir up that hunger um in us is praying um you know it used to be that and even church the early church they didn't have a church service they had prayer meetings, all the early church was prayer meetings and um they would all get together of one mind and one spirit and pray and seek the Lord, and praise God, and sing hymns, and worship, and prophesy, and minister, you know, and that would be the church service. No
1: bulletins.
0: No bulletin. Honest to oh. No, no, you know, three hymns and you're done, you know. They used to just say, it's your service, Lord. Whatever you want to do, let's do it. And, um, While there were leaders in the church body, it wasn't like the pastor was directing the whole service. The Holy Spirit was the director and the leader of the service. and um, The dynamo, the power that came out of that was just incredible. Um, Let me see if I can find this. Let me just read a little bit of this to you. There were Praising God for victory, they were all together and um, they were praying and I love it because instead of you know praying for protection and covering because everybody was after them, they were praying for boldness, which that's awesome, isn't it? in the face of everything, a, a key for us is to pray with that for that boldness that we can speak your word, okay? This is so cool. Anyway, they're talking about, you know, Pilate coming after him and Herod, you know, and the Gentiles crucifying Jesus. And, and um,
1: Where
0: this, this is um, in Acts 4. Thanks. Yeah. And um, I'm just going to pick up with verse 29. Um, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Bye. Stretching forth your hand to heal. It, it wasn't, they're not praying for their hand. They're saying, Lord, just give us the boldness to show up in the face of all these people that are against us. And then you stretch forth your hand. Healing and signs and wonders may be done by the name of the Holy Child Jesus. Mm-hmm. Isn't that awesome the way they were praying? Mm-hmm. And as they prayed, group prayer. The place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Um, and the multitude of them that believed were one heart and one soul and then skipping down a little bit. Um, with grace and power and with great power gave the disciples a witness of the resurrection of Jesus and great grace was upon them all neither was there any among them that lacked for as many as you know were possessors of land or household sold and whatever and they laid hand and they laid them down at the apostles feet and distribution was made and um those that were brought were healed everything that, that went on beyond that was, was the power of God signs and wonders and miracles and um what I, I see is, is that this corporate prayer, this thing that we have the ability to do, getting into the spirit and just praying in the spirit together and standing in agreement together um, is such a, an important aspect. It is the dynamo. It is the producer or the raising the level of the flow of the spirit in the church proper. Whatever goes on in prayer meeting is the um, it's like the gate that opens and lets the power flow you know the 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 river flow now once the river starts flowing, the church goes to work in power um, and it's so this picture as many times i've read ezekiel forty seven this just jumped off the page at me. Think of it now in terms of rivers of water flowing out of your belly, which is exactly what we are. We're the temple of the living God. If it's just me, I have a river flowing out of me. You have a river flowing out of you. But when we come together corporately, the depth of that river, the power of the rushing water, you know, of the Holy Spirit, it gets greater and greater and greater. Um, Okay, start with um, verse 3 in Ezekiel 47. (coughs) And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth Eastward, he measured a thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters and the waters were to the ankles and again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters and the waters were to the knees and again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters and they were to the loins and afterwards he measured a thousand and it was a river and I could not pass over it for the waters were risen, waters to swimming a river that could not be passed over. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? And then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, the bank of the river were many trees on the one side and the other. And if you think about us, we are trees planted in the garden of God, right? We're supposed to be full of sap and bringing forth much fruit. So here we are the church proper. Now the river is as we pray in the spirit, you know, that river rises, the power rises. As we pray corporately, we we are that we become the dynamo that empowers the whole church. But when the power begins to flow, now the fruit trees along the edge begin to produce the fruit. And then look what goes on. This is church activity if I've ever seen it. Um and then he said to me, these waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert, to the dry places, and they, and goes into the sea. And the sea it's talked about is the Dead Sea. Which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. Everywhere the rivers of this water, the gushing rivers go, the waters healed. And it will come to pass that everything that lives which moves and Whithersoever the river shall come, will live. And the word live there is the word hayah, which is hay, yod, hay. Hay is, you know, the open window of God. It is the letter of grace. Yod is the open hand. So hey, yod, hey is the grace by the open hand of grace. You know, that grace, wherever the river goes, wherever we take the anointing, and the stronger the anointing, wherever it goes, everything around can be hit by the power of that grace. The grace that delivers out of curse, out of everything. Um, I love that. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish. Because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed. And everything shall live where the river comes. So wherever we go, wherever we take this river, especially when we've been in corporate prayer and that river is high, everywhere you walk is a vessel. The river is high. I'm just going, holy moly, Lord, this is so awesome. And it will come to pass that fishers will stand on it from Engedi to Eneglium and they shall be a place spread forth with their nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds as the fish of the great sea according to many. So who, who are we? Fishers of men. Wherever we take this Holy Spirit, wherever we take this anointing this mighty river of anointing when we are prayed up and when we are full of God's anointing the fishing is good. The fishing is good. The church can do the work of being fishers of men. But the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed, and they shall be given to salt. You think about that. We those waters, the miry places and the marshes, touch the water that's living. But they're not stirred by it. And they don't those waters are not affected by it. Um It isn't that the water's not there. It isn't that the anointing's not there. And I think sometimes when we get comfortable, we get a little bit miry and a little bit marshy. You know, that the power is not moving through us like it should either. We become stagnant. And um, so we need to be really careful about that um, as we go forward. And by the river on the bank thereof and on this side and on that shall grow all trees for meat whose leaves shall not fade and neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. And it will bring forth new fruit according to its months because their waters they issue out of the sanctuary. It has nothing to do with the ability of the trees or the fruit producers which we are. It has everything to do with the water that's coming out of the sanctuary. And the fruit that. There- will be for meat and the leaf thereof for medicine for healing um, as many times I've looked at that and I understand it's the church and I understand it's the flow of the Holy Spirit I never really saw it as you know what causes the river to rise why does it get greater and greater you know and it's that corporate prayer it's that corporate you know of one mind of one spirit of one oneness and the river rises and when you walk out full of that anointing Everywhere the river goes, everything has a possibility of coming to life. Now there will be marshes and merry places around you that won't be touched, but there there should be opportunities everywhere. And when you show up, you ought to be stirring people up, even with not even meaning to. You know, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit ought to stir people. It it ought to be like that with us because that's the way it was with the disciples. You know, they just walked down the street and people were rushing to just get in the shadows of them. And um, they didn't do one thing. It was the river gushing out of them that brought Hayah, the grace, at the hand of grace, to anybody that got in their way. And um, we ought to be so full, but how did they get full? They would come together in one mind and one spirit and pray and seek the Lord and get into a place of power. You know, just let the Holy Spirit minister to God um, and um, ask for the boldness, ask for the boldness, and ask for that power to be there and then take your vessel out. Then things change all around you. I want to be able to say, you know, read these uh, amazing stories in these books. You know and go I I had that happen to me once (laughs) you know just once I'd like to say that it would be amazing um, you know to walk into the coffee shop and end up praying for the little uh, uh, coffee lady and getting her healed of whatever or you know having a word of wisdom or a prophecy over right there at the coffee bar and you know I, I, I would love to see those things happen you know really happen because we're flowing in the Holy Spirit um it just it 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 just would mean everything, and and um, so that's where I'm kind of heading. Um, we're going to talk more about this next week about arriving in this place where the the authentic power is. You know, where where you get yourself out of the way, and um um. So we're just going to keep moving here until God's done with us. Then I think, because I'm starting, and uh, my Sunday school's way behind you, but we'll probably start, uh, we're going to do, we're going to work on the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. cause It kind of flows right into that actually, but um, from where we are, but that's where we're going. So just give you a little heads up there. Okay, let me just pray for everybody and we're going to leave, we're a little early, but I'd rather do that than start uh, something new here, so. Father, we just want to thank you for your word, and I, I just ask that you would just shake us to, at our very foundations, Lord. Get us out of this lethargy and out of this um, comfort zone, Lord, that you would take us to a place um, where you could use us mightily wherever we go, that we really would have that sense of your presence always. And... Um, Keep ourselves filled to the full so that the river coming out of us is powerful and mighty. Um, That anointing to break the yoke of bondage in whatever situation we find ourselves. Father, I I just want to live that exciting life on the edge with the disciples. I want to be there and I know everybody around this table is hungry too. So Father, take us there by the power of the Holy Spirit. We fully recognize that we're just a clay vessel. You know, that there is nothing in us. Um, and, and we fully recognize that all good works, all the power, all the goodness, all the grace, everything that comes is your hand through us, Lord. And um, so like Paul, we're going to rejoice in our infirmities. Um, Lord, we just thank you so much for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the answers, Father. Amen.